guarantee to classify yes, as three letters. Cause our history guys, we got Eric, Ellie, who else? We got Brian, listen every time, you know it's gonna be some fire. Everybody certified, it's Pocket Rock, ain't tell no lies. You be my lose your mind, can only put this in your time. Welcome back to the Commander's Declassified Podcast. I am your host, Brian. I am not L.E. He is being the awesome dad that he is, coaching his kids' soccer game. So we will see him uh, this weekend after uh, on the post game after uh, this Sunday's matchup. Eric, how are you, man? I'm still uh, I'm still high on 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 the fumes of victory. So I'm That's feeling right. good right now. We, victory we, Monday. It's we, much uh, better today than it was yesterday, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, victory Mondays for us are few and far between, unfortunately. But when we do get them, they are good and they are sweet. So that's awesome. Um, we've got a we've got a big show tonight, man. We've got uh, we've got a new sponsor for the show. DraftKings Sportsbook is uh, the sponsor of tonight's episode, man. That's a that's a big deal. And uh, to start us off, I think. Uh, I think you've got uh, some information to tell everybody about DraftKings. Yes, DraftKings is bringing you Commander's Declassified podcast this evening. And uh, they would like me to announce that DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is coming to Maryland. But you don't have to wait to get on on the action. It's not it's not quite live yet, but right now, new customers who sign up with the code CDP11, that is Commander's Declassified Podcast 11, CDP11, they receive $200 in free bets on launch day after registering, plus five lucky customers win a $100,000 free bet on launch day. It won't be long until you can bet same game parlays, money lines, props, spreads, and more all in Maryland. It's coming to you soon with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up with the code CDP11. That is CDP as in Commander's Declassified Podcast 11. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus only. Physically present in Maryland. Eligibility restrictions apply. Subject to regulatory gaming or licensing requirements, see DraftKings.com slash D slash MD for full terms and conditions. One per customer, bonus issued as a free bet, no purchase necessary for the sweepstakes. Void where prohibited ends on the first day. DraftKings is allowed to operate in Maryland. See terms at DKNG.co slash MD. Thank you to the folks at DraftKings Sportsbook for helping us out tonight. Absolutely. That is uh, awesome and uh, very excited to uh, to be working with uh, DraftKings here. And uh, Eric, we've got a big game uh, with Indianapolis uh, this Sunday. Uh, a lot of storylines, some of it off the field stuff, some of it on the field stuff. But uh, uh, just first thoughts before we get into breaking down uh, this matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they're three and three and uh, one tie. We're three and four. Just uh, all the stuff uh, with these two teams, uh, off season, on the field, everything. Just kind of quick thoughts before we get into it. Welp, it is not exactly the matchup we were expecting when the schedule was released, for sure. It was the Carson Wentz revenge game, and then Carson Wentz versus his replacement, Matt Ryan, who some idiot on this podcast was stumping for uh, all off after the last two years. Um, what a moron. Um, 
so yeah, we're not getting that. We're getting uh Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger. Is it Ellinger or it's Ellinger? Ellinger. Ellinger. Ellinger? Yeah. Okay, I don't know. It's like Kim Basinger, Kim Bassinger. I never never knew. I'm not gonna bother to learn it. He's gonna be out of the league in two years. Um, but yeah, that's the uh the backup quarterback uh extravaganza this weekend. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's a it's a chance for the for our home team, the commanders, to get the five hundred. Uh, which would be a big deal after a one and four start. Wouldn't be wouldn't be a bad thing to uh, to be riding a three game win streak and uh, possibly two and zero under Taylor Heineke, and uh, going in with a backup quarterback. Um, you would think would give an advantage, but uh, really does it because the offense has been so horrific, uh, led by Matt Ryan. I don't think there's anywhere really to go but up. Um, so we'll see. I, ca- I, I can't uh, I, I can't wait to to see. I can't wait to see what this looks like. It just could be a beautiful disaster this Sunday. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Right? There was so much going into uh, this game with all the comments that the Colts owner made about Carson Wentz being the issue, being the problem. This was setting up to be one of those kind of uh, all eyeballs on this game. Can Carson Wentz, uh, you know, prove it to Indianapolis that uh, they made that wrong decision? And literally, the opposite has happened. Right? Their quarterback Matt Ryan, who uh, I think the Colts let him down severely. They didn't have the offensive line that they had. They don't run the football like they thought they were going to. And uh, now he's benched. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But, uh, um, you know, Carson, of course, uh, hand injury. He's out now for a little while. Who knows how long uh, that'll be. Um, You know, now it's going to be the tale of these two backups. So, uh, you know, very, very, uh, you know, different story going into this week. But uh, let's get down to it. So, you know. How are the Indianapolis Colts, their defense, going to try to stop this Taylor Heineke-led offense now that uh, will be a little bit different looking, uh, you know, as we saw this past Sunday, as we saw yesterday, um, you know, as opposed to kind of those first couple of games uh, with Carson. So um, I think the first thing is the Indianapolis Colts defense is really good. Um, given, despite their record, they're 3-3-1. and one. Um, in some of the struggles that they've had, their defense is pretty good. The problem is their offense hasn't been good. So that defense has been on the field a lot. They have had to play and play and play and play. And after a certain uh, amount of time, you know, defenses just get worn down. They just can't, uh, you know, kind of uh, sustain that high level play. So one of the things we're going to need to look out for is their defensive line. They've got a couple of guys on there who are legitimate studs good players. Um, The first guy to note defensive tackle DeForest Buckner. He is a man. He is a really good interior defender. He can rush the passer. He can stop the run. So uh, Andrew Norwell, um, Tyler Larson, and Sadiq Charles are going to need to know where he lines up because he'll move up and down that line depending on, um, you know, where the Colts think that he's got a better matchup. So uh, we need to pay attention to him. Uh, also, defensive end, uh, Quiddy Pay and Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe, we've seen uh, his name for uh, several years now. He's a solid pass rusher, um, and so is Quiddy Pay. He's also another guy who can rush the passer as well. Um, they've got another interior defender, Grover Stewart. Uh, he actually had like 12 tackles uh, on Sunday against the uh, the Titans uh, in their you know run-oriented Derrick Henry attack. Um, but uh, those guys we do need to uh, to to pay attention to. Uh, linebacker, you know, the first name I would say is uh, Shaquille Leonard, aka Darius Leonard. Uh, but it looks like he may not play. 
Um, he didn't play this past weekend, um, so we'll see if um, his status changes during the week. But he is an excellent middle linebacker. He is a sideline-to-sideline player, and he is smart and aggressive. So uh, if he's on the field, we definitely need to know uh, where he is. Um, Bobby um, o- o- Kirky or something like that. I uh, can't say that last name, but uh, he's another solid linebacker that uh, we do need to pay attention to. Uh, secondary wise, they've got uh, some solid players back there. Probably the big name um, is Stefan Gilmore, uh, cornerback. He is a legitimate top corner in the league. Maybe some of his better days may be behind him, but he is still really good. So we do need to pay attention to him and who and where he lines up on uh, as well. But Again, you know, defenses are going to try to, uh, you know, play tight on the outside and they are going to try to uh, put pressure on us. Uh, maybe a little bit different now with Taylor Heineke and his ability to uh, to run and scramble and make some plays. We'll see how much they uh, they try to pressure us. But uh, I still think that that formula holds true for us uh, in terms of opposing uh, defenses out there. Uh, Eric, what do you think about um the Colts uh, on offense and kind of what we've got to do on the other side of the football. Well, it's kind of a wild card this week because uh, we don't really know a lot about Sam uh, Ellinger as a, mm-hmm. as a quarterback. He doesn't have a huge arm. Uh, he does have uh, going back to his college days, does have some mobility. I believe you accurately described him as like a, a Colt McCoy clone, maybe a yeah. slight, does he have a little better arm than McCoy, but Um, he's kind of got that gunslinger mentality and he does not, he's not necessarily a runner, but he's got some mobility. He's kind of an an escape artist, um, a little bit of Heineke in him probably. Um, so, but we'll see because it's, you know, we've, we, you know, he's been in the league, but this is his second year, I believe in the NFL and he hasn't really seen a lot of uh, playing time. So, uh, we will, uh, we'll see what we, what we've got there. Um, I can tell you what the Colts should do is run the ball with, with their stud running back, Jonathan Taylor, who was, uh, I believe the NFL's leading rusher last season. And uh, he is not this year. He's only got 386 yards in seven games. Um, he's not getting a ton of carries. He's only at 91 carries on the season. Uh, they also have a stable of running backs behind him. Philip Lindsay, Deion Jackson, Naeem Hines, all capable running backs, but they're just not using them. And that could be a result of the passing game being so poor that teams are just not allowing them to run because they can stack the box, which I believe our defense should do. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm a little... Um, uh, curious as to what this is going to look like. Paris Campbell has got two really good games in a row. He was uh, Terry McLaurin's teammate and uh, Curtis Samuels at uh, Ohio State a few years ago, and he's kind of been a little bit of a dud in the NFL since he came in, yes. but he's had a lot of injuries. Um, he's really taken off the last couple of weeks. He's had some really nice grabs. Um, so, you know, that is something to watch for because our secondary, of course, is prone to the big play. And uh, if uh, Sam Ellinger can, can move the pocket around or can – you know, get away from that initial pass rush and and just kind of throw a YOLO ball. We've been burned on those plenty of times this year. So that is something uh, to keep an eye out. Uh, Michael Pittman uh, had a, uh, I want to say, did he get injured last week? I, I didn't get a, uh, enough research on that. I know he did. He had a couple of drops this week, but he's been a pretty productive receiver, no matter who his quarterback's been the last couple of years. So, you know, you have to look for him too. Uh, he is another big play threat, uh, a big, strong receiver who can get downfield. Um, so that's, uh, definitely something to watch for this, this offense is probably going to, if they're not 
you know, focusing on running the ball for whatever reason. They're going to try to live and die by big plays. Our defense is susceptible to big plays, so that is something to look out for. Uh, if I am uh, Jack Del Rio calling this de- calling this game this weekend, I'm definitely stacking the box. I am going to make Sam Ellinger beat me because yes. he has never shown that he can do that. And if he does, he does. Uh, you know, we make adjustments based on that. But we're getting after him in the passing game, and we are keying on the run game. We're going to do everything we can. Jamin Davis, Cole Holcomb, get, you know, a lot of run blitzes. Uh, we're going to really pressure them to throw the football because that. I would hope isn't something that they would want to do with a with a quarterback uh, who's as green as Sam Ellinger is, but you know, you know maybe they know something the rest of the league doesn't, and that's why he's starting this weekend. So, yeah, we'll see what they do, but uh, I know I would I know I would stop the run and, and make Sam Ellinger beat me. Yeah, no, I think you're right, and I think you you mentioned two good uh, points there about their receiving core, especially Paris Campbell. Yeah, he he, I had high hopes for him coming out of Ohio State. He was kind of he was going to be that next Curtis Samuel, Swiss Army kind of explosive type player, and that just hasn't uh, happened yet. And I know a lot of people were hoping Michael Pittman uh, that he was going to take the next step with what uh, he was able to do last year with Carson Wentz. There um, hasn't really kind of been the case so far uh, this year. But just going off that last game, Paris. Campbell, 12 targets, 10 catches, 70 yards. Michael Pittman, nine targets, six catches, 58 yards. Um, and, and that may just be Matt Ryan and where he wanted to kind of focus uh, his uh, his throws to. And maybe that might change with Sam Ellinger coming in there. But uh, it kind of seems that, uh, you know, those two guys are, are, are where their passing game uh, revolves around. And Paris Campbell, all you know, very similar in that uh, Curtis Samuel type role where he gets a lot of catches, but maybe not a lot of the yards um, after the catch. Um, so, uh, you know, it sounds like uh, their attack is very much kind of focused at the line of scrimmage in terms of their pass game, which is something we're familiar with here. So, no, that uh, that uh, I, I agree with all that. You've got to make Sam Ellinger um, earn it on the outside. And, yeah, and if I'm the Colts, I'm going to go ahead and kind of take a page out of the Packers playbook last week. I'm going to get the ball out of Ellinger's hands very quickly. Going to go to a lot of quick wide receiver screen type plays, a lot of slants. We're going to utilize Mo Ali cox the tight end. Uh, but yeah, I think the, 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 goal in the passing game is going to be to get the ball out of his hand as quickly as possible, which again, um, if you're, if you're keying on the run, you know, things could open up behind you, uh, in that case. So our, you know, our guys definitely have to, to be ready specifically our safeties, uh, and always the threat of the deep ball is going to be there with those two awesome. outside receivers. Absolutely. We can't forget about that. Uh, Eric, um, with this game, I mean, this is uh, uh, this is important game for the Commanders in terms of getting back to 500 and continuing to keep their season alive, keep our season alive. Um, if we want to have any hopes of uh, having a winning record, making playoffs, we, we've got to keep this alive. We've got to win this game. So what are the three ways we can win this game and what are the three ways we can lose this game on Sunday? All right. I always I'm a negative person, so I always start with three ways that we can lose this game. Um, We get away from what we did last week. Um, You know, we get if uh, Scott Turner goes all Scott Turner on us and gets and gets pass happy against this defensive front. Um, And, you know, if uh, if Shaq Leonard, who I'm very upset that I had to learn a new name, uh, (laughs) if he uh, if he, uh, you know, is back, um, he's just another weapon for them. He's my favorite probably linebacker in the league. Uh, that doesn't play for us. So, uh, you know, if we decide to start throwing the ball 35, 40 times with Taylor Heineke and ignore our two stud running backs, uh, 
Um, We're going to have a very, very, very long day. Um, If we are unable to make Sam Ellinger uncomfortable um, in the pocket when he does pass, we're going to have to get quick pressure. Uh, Our defensive tackles really need to push up front. And, you know, the offensive line for the Colts that's been so good in years past has really been a liability this year. And I think Ellinger's mobility may be a part of the reason why uh, he is now starting over over uh, Matt Ryan. But if we can't get him off a spot, make him make him uncomfortable in the pocket, it is is again going to be a long day. And if we give up big plays in the passing game, because they I can't stress enough that the two receivers they have are very capable of getting behind our safeties and uh, corners. And, uh, you know, they are, they know what to do with the ball once it's in their hands. So if we, if we give up big plays, this is not going to be a good game for us. Now, as far as how we win, well, it's pretty much the opposite of that. We need to really follow the game plan like we did against uh, the Packers last week. I want a lot of running, a really good mix of Gibson and Brian Robinson we need both of those guys. Gibson, you know, his role, getting the ball in space, getting those quick screens to him, um, you know, make things happen. You know, that's got to happen this week. Uh, we do need the occasional big play in the offense because one thing that I think Gus Bradley is, I, I said last week, I have zero respect for Joe Barry, Green Bay's defensive coordinator. He proved me right because he did exactly what he what I thought he was going to do, which is keep his defensive backs 10 yards off the ball and play against the deep ball. And let uh, and let Taylor Heineke complete stuff so that they could come up and make pack, uh, make tackles. And Heineke picked up a part and did end up getting a deep shot over his head uh, at one point in the game. I think Gus Bradley's a lot smarter than that. Gus Bradley is going to crowd the line. He's going to take away that short and mid range passing game, especially toward the sidelines that that Heineke uh, really likes to rely on. And uh, we're going to have to get a couple of deep shots this week. So if we don't get that, if we don't get a deep shot or two, uh, we might be in a little bit of trouble. And finally, we have got to make sure Jonathan Taylor stays in the funk that he has been in. Uh, if we if we can contain Jonathan Taylor, I, I have a feeling you're going to get a heavy dose of him this week because, you know, we've got a brand new quarterback. You've got to take the pressure off of your young quarterback. What better way to do that than with last year's NFL's leading rusher, who seems to be healthy, uh, and you've just forgotten about the past couple of weeks. So we have to make sure that uh, Jonathan Taylor is contained. Uh, those are the three keys to victory, and I think it's doable this week. I lost your audio, buddy. Are you muted? You are. It's the Eric show, ladies and gentlemen. While Brian figures out how to work his computer. (laughs) Sorry about that. The computer called his teenage son into, I don't know if you have a teenage son, but you (laughs) your tech support. I'm vastly approaching having a teenage daughter. So not, not, not quite yet. Um, Schooled on the TikToks, but yeah, uh, exactly. I still know the mute button, man. Um, no, I think it, I think you're exactly right, and I think a great point um, that you mentioned there is that big play uh, with Ellinger. He he is a University of Texas quarterback, just like Colt McCoy, and uh, they're very similar. Colt McCoy loves to kind of move around in the pocket, run around, and kind of make that uh, that big play or try to look for that big play. So look for uh, Ellinger to kind of run around, and uh, Paris Campbell can slip by, uh, you know, a cornerback or a safety or whoever he's uh, matched up on 
and get deep. I mean, that's something that uh, we absolutely got to uh, to to watch out for. And hopefully they keep ignoring Jonathan Taylor because he is an explosive back and he's, he really scares me more so than that big back uh, like a Derrick Henry. Um, I know Derrick Henry might run over three, four, five guys, but uh, it's going to be much harder for him to kind of break away, you know, a 60, 70 yard run. Jonathan Taylor, anywhere on the field, he can take it the distance. So one missed tackle and that could be a 50 yard touchdown house call right there. So um, we do need to keep an eye on those guys and make sure that uh, we keep them bottled up. But uh, no, I like it. I think this is a great opportunity uh, for us to get back to 500 and keep this thing moving in the right direction and win some games and uh, see if we can't make a run at the playoffs. Um, Eric, this uh, we just got the news today. I know we touched on it a little bit here. Uh, we're, we're talking about Sam Ellinger, but uh, the Colts traded draft picks for Matt Ryan. The owner stood up and said, this is the guy. This is this is who we needed. Our season was going to be saved. We got that other guy out of here, Carson Wentz. This was who we needed now, and uh, we're, we're going to be just fine. And seven games into the year, they benched him. And they 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 literally said we're benching him for the rest of the year. Not even, you know, if Ellinger plays bad, he's still the starter. So what uh, would you would you make of that news today? Well, uh, they were wrong about Matt Ryan. Uh, he has looked really rough throwing the football this year, and it's it, I it's kind of sad because uh, it makes me feel like I'm getting old. But uh, <laughs> you know, guys like Matt Ryan. I mean, get, I mean, look at all the all the really vet quarterbacks that are struggling this year that have been so good for so yeah. long. Russell Wilson's terrible. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been struggling. Brady, uh, yeah. Tom Brady's struggling. You know, these Definitely. guys are all. You know, you know, these are the quarterbacks of you know a lot of our youths now. My middle age, but whatever. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's it's a little sad for me to see, especially since I was such like so in the tank for Matt Ryan for so long. Like I've. He's been to, and to me, he's been such an underrated player for his whole career that uh, it's a little sad to see him kind of fall off. But he really does look like he is just cooked. So, um, you know, good on them for for, you know, realizing their mistake and not doubling down on it and, uh, you know, getting him out of there and getting some fresh blood in. And, you know, I it was probably the owner's decision once again. But uh, Ursa is riding that, you know, anti Dan Snyder goodwill right now. He can do whatever he wants and nobody's going to question him. So if he makes the call, he makes the call on Ryan. And if Ellinger, Ellinger comes in there and, you know, stinks it up, then it's still, you know, well, he's the guy who called out Dan Snyder. So who cares? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's good to know that, you know, maybe the problem hasn't been quarterback. I mean, it wasn't, it was Ryan this year. It was Wentz last year. It was what Rivers the year before that. Yeah. Um, and I maybe, think some of it, you know, I think is, um, is the Colts. I think they let Matt Ryan down. I mean, you have a weapon, a legitimate weapon in Jonathan Taylor, and you basically bench him, right? Like you don't use him. Like you've got an aging quarterback, an older quarterback. So let's throw it 50 times. Like, no, run it. You still got to run it. Give him the, uh, some support so he doesn't have to kind of carry the team. So I think, uh, you know, um, you know, Ryan has certainly played bad. I, I don't think he uh, is as awful as uh, the Colts have made him out just because uh, I think, you know, they, they have weapons that they're just they don't seem to be using for whatever reason uh, with uh, with Jonathan Taylor uh, out there. It's that Andy Reid coaching tree. It's just so ingrained in them to throw the football. They're just, they're so pass happy, uh, all of them. Um, you know, they just, they're not big fans of of the running game in general. I mean, Peterson was the same way. Yeah. Peterson was a little bit better, I think, about, or, you know, he, he liked to run his quarterback and use RPOs a little bit more. 
Um, but yeah, Reich is just kind of cut from that same mold of guys who just want, well, I mean, it's really not even Andy Reid. It's the Holmgren, the whole Holmgren crew, even above Andy Reid that just, they just want to throw the football and the running game is kind of an afterthought. Um, it's a little frustrating when you see somebody as talented as Jonathan Taylor, even, you know, from a distance, like I, you know, I couldn't care less about the culture for the most part, but I like good football. And yeah. I, I know that Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in the league and they're not giving him the ball. I don't want him to start this week. <laughs> Feel yeah, free no, to you know yeah, feel exactly. free to throw it fifty times with Ellinger. I'm more than happy to watch you do that. You know, start running. You know, yeah. uh, start running him next week. But um, yeah, it's 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 a little bit of a head scratcher. But it's just you know those guys that's just so ingrained in their DNA to just throw yeah. the football that they're not interested. in. he's you know, and Reich says, "Oh, I got a guy who's been an efficient passer his whole career. Let's chuck it all over the place with our guy who's forty years old." You know? Yeah. No. Very, uh, very much a head scratching decision, whether it was Frank Wright driven or which I think we uh, a lot of people assume it's probably Jim Ursay driven, seeing that uh, his season's not going uh, the way that he uh, had told everybody over the summer that it was going to go. Um, and, and that takes me to uh, this next question. I mean, with this type of move here, uh, looking at the Indianapolis Colts, do you think they're packing it in this season? Do you think this is a uh, front office driven decision? And, uh, hey, we're going to evaluate younger players. And, uh, you know, if we happen to get a uh, high draft pick out of it because we're uh, losing a lot, then so be it. Uh, you, you think they've kind of packed it in here with this, uh, you know, stance of Ryan is not going to play for the rest of the season. We're going to uh, six round pick in uh, Sam Ellinger. It's so weird. I think that is the case, but it's a it's a head scratching decision because they're very their their division is wide open. Yeah, I mean, what are the the Titans are what four and three? Yeah, they're and, in second you know place. they're a half game behind the Titans at seven. You know, with ten games to play, and they're just like, nah, we're good. Yeah, uh, we're gonna just not uh, not worry about winning for the rest of the year. Now, I don't think that's you know the message they're selling. Maybe and you know maybe they think Ellinger is gives them a better chance to win. Um, you know, it's very possible. That's what, that's what they're thinking. But, you know, from the outsider's perspective, playing a guy with, has he even started a game? I don't know. Very little experience in the NFL, putting him in, you know, and, you know, that's kind of like playing the lottery, but you know, if Ryan, I mean, you know, it could be just that they see in practice every day that Ryan is just completely done and has like, you know, nothing left in the tank and they just got it. They're trying to get a spark maybe, Yeah. but it is a weird decision this early in the season to, if they are tanking, like it, you know, they're not in a situation like the Panthers are where they were going nowhere and it was evident two games in um, and they've already fired their head coach. So yeah, I I think it's a, it's a strange decision. So in my, like my head says, no, they're not doing that. Even though it appears that they look like they're tanking, it just doesn't make any sense for a team in their position right now to start phoning it in for the rest of the year. So I I feel like they maybe think that they have something in Ellinger uh, and that remains to be seen, I guess. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I agree with you. It looks very odd to bench uh, the starting quarterback that you traded for. And then effectively bench your 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 superstar running back by uh giving him 10 carries uh a football game so uh very odd but we'll see we'll see how it works out uh for them because like you said they're they're second in that division behind the titans and we've got a lot of football left to uh to play uh something else i wanted to ask you about uh we you know our cornerbacks on uh, on the Commanders have been playing uh, well here the last two games. Uh, most notably, uh, William Jackson has been out in those last two games. Um, he requested a trade, but he's still kind of hanging out uh, here uh, in DC. 
Do you think anything happens with him? He can't possibly stay, right? There's no way he could stay on the team. Yeah, that would just be the most DC thing ever to not trade a guy and then let him walk in the offseason if, exactly. if he wants to leave. Somebody somebody will give us something for him. So make it happen. It may just be that they want the back injury to clear up before you know pulling the trigger on a trade. I don't know. But if they let if they don't trade him and he walks in the offseason, it's it's in the top five dumbest things we've done under Rivera because he does have value still, even at this point, because cornerbacks, especially like JC Jackson just went down this weekend. Um, guys are dropping all over the league. So there's, exactly. there's somebody needs him. Yep. Uh, it's just up to us to figure out who it is and, and how much we can we can get from them. And I think William Jackson in the right situation can still be good. It's just not working here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope that something gets done because it just doesn't make any sense to keep a guy on the roster and let him walk in the offseason when you could, even if it's a seventh or a sixth rounder, get something for the dude. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you've got a guy who, I mean, we, when we watch him out there, he can still run. The problem is he just is not understanding or not getting the the coverages or the schemes or the techniques that they're asking him to play. For whatever reason, whatever the block is there, the mental block, he's just not picking it up. But he can still run. I mean, if you saw in a couple of those deep routes uh, before he got benched, he was with the receiver. He was being a little bit grabby, getting some penalties, but he was running step for step. So like you said, cornerbacks uh, are going down all over the league. Somebody should give us something for him who uh, is uh, trying to contend this year. And uh, we need to do it now. Uh, you're exactly right. Why let this opportunity pass us by? We've got some younger guys who are playing well. Now let's run with that. Let's get some draft picks for them and move on. Speaking of uh, that, is there any either other player that you think we should trade or maybe trade for? Maybe, hey, you know what? We need another pass rusher. Or, you know what? We do need a guard or some interior line help. Is there is there somebody in your head you say, you know what? You know, for this uh, this midseason, late season push, we need we need this person. We need this guy. Look, I don't know about that, but I if it's me, I'm the GM. If I'm Ron Rivera, I'm trying to figure out who turned down uh, two first round or who the Carolina Panthers or who turned down Brian Burns for two first round picks. Yeah, like that didn't happen. Or who offered two first round picks for Brian Burns? I guess that's the way. And then I'll say, well, what about Montez Sweat? Yeah, because I mean. I, I like Montez Sweat, but I mean, I like two first round picks a lot more, uh, especially with the, you know the, the work this team needs done in the offseason. Yes. So I'm yeah, figure out who's offering up, who's that desperate for a pass rusher, and I mean, heck, maybe they'll offer something for like James Smith Williams. Who knows? Like if they're that desperate for a pass rusher, that exactly. they're willing to give up two first round picks for a very good pass rusher, but not I don't know, is he elite? Is he one of the top five or ten in the league? Like I know he's good. He's probably I think he's Montez like Sweat level. Yeah, I, th I think they're very comparable, and I think maybe the one positive that Montez has that, um, and, and maybe it's not even a positive, but I think Brian Burns has been pretty injured over his career. While he does get uh, get some sacks and is productive, I think he's had uh, a bunch of injuries so far. Uh, Montez, outside of the the jaw last year, and uh, you know having a um, kind of some of the family issues that he had uh, last year and missing some time. Uh, he's been pretty durable, pretty healthy uh, over his uh, over his career. So I think they're I think you're right. I think that's they're very comparable type uh, players. But yeah, if somebody's willing to give you up, give me two first round picks for Montez Sweat. I'm taking it. I mean, I love Montez. I'd like to see yeah. him be here his whole career. But I mean, you got to be smart if somebody's offering that much. If they're that yeah. interested in a pass rusher, and you have somebody very comparable to Brian Burns. You know, kick the tires at least, make the call. Unless it was us that offered two first round picks for him. 
Yeah. Well, you, you, you know, Ron loves his Carolina guy, so yeah. it, uh, that that may very well have been uh, have been us, and uh, we may have dodged the bullet uh, not having traded a a bunch of draft picks for that. But uh, um, we touched on it a little bit going over the breakdown here. But um, we saw, uh, you know, the offense, you know, for for better or for worse, it looked different than how it looked with um, Carson Wentz these uh, these previous six games here. Um, you know, uh, Ellie mentioned it on the um the the post game pod there were a lot more slants crossing routes rub routes all those types of routes that we had talked about the previous weeks that were kind of missing from the was just missing them but we saw them on sunday and heineke hit a bunch of them uh in that second half um what do you think about the uh this kind of change in the offense here uh, do you think it sticks? I do. I think. I think we, with Heineke, I, you just see the difference. The main difference is his familiarity with the system. He's got this is his like fourth year with the system, and it's that's a huge difference. And I'm not sure, you know, over the course of his career, how comfortable Wentz has been with throwing stuff in the middle of the field, like the crossers and slants. They're really efficient routes, and he should be throwing them because that's you know, basic NFL offense. Um, but yeah, I do think that Heineke's, you know, skill set and um, is made up for, or, you know, kind of his deficiencies are made up for just by his familiarity with the offense, the ability to know where to go with the football and to get it out quickly. Um, I think that that's huge. And I, and I don't know that a lot of fans realize how, how important that is. Um, I, again, I don't know that Heineke's the savior of this team by any stretch of the imagination, but he is a you know high end backup, low end starter, and he if you need him for four or five games in the middle of the season, you can do a lot worse. Uh, so I you know I look forward to seeing you know the offense. I don't think it's going to be all you know lollipops and roses uh, or whatever the saying is with him. I think you're going to see a lot of ups and downs with him just because you do. And offenses and defenses are going to adjust to him. But you know this early on in this you know only his second start, I think there's still potential for a lot of good things to happen uh, with the offense. He can hopefully he can avoid the slow start like he had last week because that was rough in the first half. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do on offense. I think you know it is more diverse just because not that he's a better quarterback than Wentz, but he's much uh, more versed in what we do on offense here than Carson Wentz is. I got no audio with you again. I don't know what's going on. It might be me. Oh, you're muted again. Nope, now you're not muted. All right, this has been Commander's Declassified Podcast. I don't know what's going on with the audio here, but uh, I think uh, we look forward to it. We're going to have a big game this week. It's going to be a fun watch. I think we have a very good chance. Brian, sign language, what is your final prediction? What's your score prediction? And try to unmute yourself again to talk. Nope, I need the sign language. Or you can text it to me. He's got to win, or he's doing the uh, waka faka flame. No hands. All right, for my prediction, I do have Washington winning this week. I like the matchup. I like the first game against Sam Ellinger. Uh, I think this offense can put points on the board uh, against their defense. And I think more importantly, our defense can hold their offense 
uh, to a limited number of points. So I am going to go. Uh, I'm going to go 24-14 Commanders this weekend. I think this is a, a, probably our most uh, convincing win of the season coming up. And Brian has us at 25-18 to 18 Commanders. That probably will be the first time in NFL history that score has been uh, achieved in a game. <laughs> but 25-18 to 18, uh, Commanders is Brian's pick. And uh, Ellie says uh, it's a win and uh, Commanders will win 264 to nothing. I might have just made that up. And uh, so, yeah, we still don't have audio from Brian. So I think we're going to go ahead and call it a we're going to call it a night here. So thank you guys all for listening. Give us a like and subscribe. Uh, hit us up on all the podcatchers, Apple podcast, Amazon podcast, Spotify podcast, and probably some that I've never heard of. Get us on YouTube. We want to get to a thousand subscribers this year. Uh, and You can help us doing that. We're getting closer and closer every day, but we do need likes and subscribes. So please hit us up on YouTube. Leave a comment. Hit us up on Twitter. You got Brian there, Mr. Who Won, myself, Etrod42. And I've been on Twitter for like six days in a row, which might be a new record. Yep. And of course, up there is Brian. He's back. Sorry about that. I'm back, well, at least uh, for the next few minutes. But uh, yes, Commanders win. Check out uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code CDP11. That's CDP11, Commander's Declassified Podcast 11, uh, for 200 free bets. And uh, we will see you guys after the game on Sunday. Eric, last words to you. Uh, We're going to get this dub. we back at 500 this week, 24-14. Commander. See you. Thank you.